All right, welcome back. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you like it, I'm doing this at the beginning because I usually do it at the end and I just kind of just slip it in at the end. Thanks for being a listener. Um, if you like our podcast, rate and review. If this is your first time, probably wait to the end. You see if you like it or not, then go leave a review. Five stars, please. We would appreciate that. Uh, Fred, we did record last night and it's a good thing because a lot of things have happened today, Monday. You guys will be listening to this on Tuesday morning. A lot of things have happened that, I mean, this is going to be a much juicier pod than it would have been. I mean, we Jamal Charlo, we know what's happening with him now, or at least we're fairly certain. Canelo now is in a very interesting situation. Eddie Reynoso is coming out to, quote unquote, not defend Ryan Garcia, but kind of he is defending Ryan Garcia. Uh, we're going to talk about the UFC's uh, $40 million pay-per-view buys that they did. Uh, from Saturday night. So let's start at the top. Jamal Charlo. He will be fighting 99%, we think, fighting. But Jamal Charlo himself has said that it's it's not for sure, except it's like sources are telling Mike Coppinger, and the source is the person probably very, very high up, uh, that Jamal Charlo is going to be fighting Sergey Derevyanchenko at some point in the future. Um, so the first question that we got to ask here, for Sergey Derevyanchenko, was this the right move to pick Jamal Charlo over Canelo? Uh, is but was that a realistic offer? You know. All right. Answer Golden... a question with a question. All right. Let's see where you're going with this. Well, yeah, because Golden Boys doing the old top rank shuffle where they throw out a bunch of names where they already have a uh, opponent picked. You know, and they're just tossing out names to make it look like there's some kind of open competition going on. You you think that that's the case? I think that they might be uh, full of a little bit of bullshit. Golden boy, let's make it clear. Let's use, let's let's use our pronouns. Yeah, you're yeah. trying to say that you think Golden Boy never actually had a shot at Sergey Derevyanchenko. Am am I misrepresenting what you just said? Uh, no, I'm saying that they never probably made an offer or a realistic one. You know, because that's the thing. If, if, if and the zone sort of signaled it through, you know, Eddie's ranting about fighters getting paid too much that they're not going to pay opponents now. So if they're going to cheap everybody out, I think they, they either gave them a really weak offer or no offer at all. All right. Because yeah. if you get Canelo decent money, you're always going to go with Canelo, even if it is on the zone, because he still gets residual attention, you know. You still get your name out there. Now, I do want to both sides this one because I think you can make a case either way, and I think you just made... The case, I mean, if Canelo is an option, there's there's no reason for you not to take a fight with Canelo. Simply because, well, you would expect the money's going to be bigger, but in this landscape that we're in with the pandemic, and then you factor in that Canelo's on a streaming service, you don't quite know that there's more money to fight Canelo than there is to fight Jamal Charles. And here's my evidence for this. We thought, that a streaming service with a blank check, a billion dollars to spend, could have could have brought Deontay Wilder over to fight on their on their network or it's not a network but technically their app, right? But yeah. they didn't. And here's something that people don't realize, or at least they do, but we've all forgotten. Showtime matched the offer. Deontay Wilder walked away with the money that he was going to get paid that, that they offered. So they did raise the price up, which, you know, that happens. And we talked about this a while back when Golovkin was 
negotiating with PBC, with ESPN, and, and, and with John Skipper. It, it was all gamesmanship to see who can pay the most. And we posited that maybe somebody was jacking the price up. But, you know, we don't know that Sergey Dervinchenko got the best offer. But you certainly, if the money was comparable, there's no doubt you picked Canelo. Because let's say Sergey pulled it off. Sergey Dervinchenko becomes a far bigger star he, he, than if he beat Jamal Charlo. And that's no diss on Jamal Charlo, but he's not Canelo. So this leads me to believe, and this is the only way, and, and you pointed to this, this is the only thing that I can come to just from a logical perspective, assuming that Sergey and his team are acting rationally, which I believe is the case that they are acting rationally. Um, this took long enough that I would assume that this was a rational sort of logical deal making on their behalf it it makes sense then that jamal the jamal charlo offer was better for him because i would assert that the money is either comparable or even exceeds what they were willing to pay for him to fight canelo but also it's a win a more winnable fight i think that sergey looks at canelo he looks at jamal charlo he um assumes that and you or he doesn't have to assume. He just knows that if he were to fight Canelo, he would have to do so at 168, which is a division that he has not fought in. And certainly not at an elite level, which Canelo has fought as an elite fighter above 160 now quite a few times. Or is it quite a few? Um, Chavez Jr., which is Two, probably the toughest three. fight that he's had. And then yeah. um, <laughs> John Ryder and Sergey Kovalev. Although there are people that believe that Sergey Kovalev took a dive. I don't know. Um, yeah, he took a dive <laughs> from a brutal ass kicking. I meant Rocky Fielding, not John Ryder. Yeah. Although John Ry- Rocky Fielding did beat John Ryder, I believe. Mm-hmm. One of them beat the other. It's not that important, but um, but yeah. So what do you, what do you think about that? Do you do you, you you said that maybe an offer wasn't made? So go into that a little bit. Well, like I said, we've seen this for top rank over the years. They toss out names in the press, you know, about who they want. When they're just they're just trying to you know get some uh, people up worked up and everything, and trying to get the buzz going, you know, like just like we've we've picked out who uh, Crawford is going to fight for the last couple of years all the time because that they give it away where they start throwing all these names together and then one sticks out and you go, wow, that's obviously the guy that they got to deal with. And this Sergey, cause, cause if you look at Sergey, he thinks, you know, he, there's an argument that he could have beaten Golovkin. You know, of course he didn't get the decision, but he was taking it to Golovkin too. So I think if you had a shot at Canelo, unless the money was completely a garbage, I think I think if uh, if the, I think if an offer existed, even if they say okay, it has to be one sixty eight, I think he'd still take that fight. You know, because um, if he's if he's taking, I uh, in his mind he probably thinks he beat Golovkin, and he goes, well, Golovkin, you know, give it all to Canelo. He goes, I I think I'd take that. You know, but but then again, that's it. If there was an offer, the the one staying at one sixty is a legitimate point, but. Either the money was better or there was no real money from Golden Boy. You know, I don't trust anything Golden Boy is saying now, you know. So, so yeah, it, it's, I just, because I just, from Sergey's point of view, you think, because that's it, like you said, Canelo, you beat Canelo, or even if you take him distance and look really good, 
even though it's on an app that no one's watching, the word's going to get out that, you know, uh, that you almost beat Canelo or you did beat Canelo. Because if you beat Canelo, then you're in the driver's seat for really a lot of fights. Okay, but what does, like, if if they're just tossing Sergey's name out, like, who wins that? Golden boy. I, I, but I don't think it makes sense that you use Sergey as the, the bargaining chip. But that's why I say nothing makes sense over Golden Boy. Why, why not There's just continue the, to float the Golovkin fight? Because that's one where now you're involving the uh, zone and Golovkin can easily shoot it down. And he kind of said, oh, I don't want it now or something like and they, They've already tried. They, they tried uh, before the pandemic saying, yeah, it's going to happen. The trilogy's coming and they cut a deal. The zones, you know, Skipper went out to talk to Canelo and everything. I just think Golden Boy's in a position where they're not even talking to Canelo. They're just talking to his lawyer. And so it's a fucking madhouse over there. <laughs> they don't know. You know. Like fucking Oscar's talking about coming back out of retirement again. You know, it's, they don't have their eye on the ball at all at Golden Boy. Well, I mean, that much is clear. But I just, you know, you could say that to explain a lot of what they've done here. But I think the reality is the money that they need for an opponent like a Sergey Derevyanchenko. And let's be real here. Sergey Derevyanchenko as an opponent is good for people who follow boxing closely. But tell me how somebody who only tunes in for Canelo fights, how they respond when they see that Canelo's fighting Derevyanchenko. Well, they're not going to really care that much. Let's say that there are people that they, they, they only follow Canelo, but they also are vaguely aware of what's going on in boxing. And so they know that Canelo fought Golovkin and they know about Golovkin and they know that Golovkin's already beat Derevyanchenko. They know about Danny Jacobs. Danny Jacobs also beat Sergey Kov, uh, not Kovalev, Sergey Derevyanchenko. And then they try to tell you that this is the guy now that Canelo's going to fight. <laughs> Who's Canelo going to fight? Manguia, you know? I mean, or what's his fucking name? The, the I, Canadian dude? I have... So look, part of me... I, you know, I, I love Canelo, and I'm going to defend him no matter what. Okay? And I think you, you're in the same boat. But, exa- but let, let me finish, okay? Hold no. on, hold on. This is no. my time. I let you talk. All right. But what we are not going to sit here and do is forgive the incompetence when it comes to the management of Canelo's career. And we know that Canelo, at the end of the day, he can say who he wants to fight. And if you ask him who he wants to fight, he's going to say, I want Tyson Fury. He's going to say, I want Anthony Joshua. You know, like, I'm being, I'm making a joke there, but he wants to fight the best guys. He wants to fight a Caleb Plant. He wants to fight a Benavides. But it's up to, Golo- or not Golovkin, Golden Boy, to make that stuff happen, there's a lot of details that that obviously the fighters don't manage because their their job is to fight, not to be business people. And and in this sense, they've really failed because they couldn't come up with the money for a Sergey Derevyanchenko level opponent. Now, we could ask this question: How much is how much is John Skipper? How much is he to blame because he somehow greenlit? Sergey Derevyanchenko getting paid $5.2 million to fight Golovkin. And now, as the budget has tightened, they don't have that kind of money for a Canelo opponent. Like, did they shoot themselves in the foot? They shot themselves in the face. <laughs> this is the thing. It's not like, again, DAZN, 
they said they had a billion dollars to spend over eight years. Uh huh. And and now we're in what the second year? We are in the second year. Yeah, we're and, about and to, they, coming up on yeah. the exact two year mark. We're two years after the announcement. And they say they got no money now. Have any money? They just didn't have that much money. Yeah, but no one's going to believe them because you, you come out going, we got a billion dollars to spend. We're going to take over boxing. And then second year, they're like, uh, we're not going to pay anybody any money more, you know, because they took advantage of us. <laughs> I mean, you can clown Lou Bella all you want. And certainly he does get a lot of a lot of crap. Yeah. But he he did call all of this. He went on a podcast with Chris Mannix. I think it was last fall, maybe. And he was... You know, he cut a promo and basically said that the inmates are running the asylum over there and nobody gives a shit about the greater good of the sport. And instead, everyone is really focused on just how do we take as much as we can while 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 it's here. Yeah, they're they're like uh, in my uh, interpretation of the zone, you've got they're halfway between trying to loot the place and <laughs> trying to and trying to sell it, you know. Like they know like the, the thing's designed to be sold. It's not designed to be anything except the property that uh, Len Blavatnik can sell, you know, and make a bunch of billions more like he did with Warner. You know, he's trying to pretend to be a legitimate businessman. So he did it with Warner. Now this is his other angle. He's just these. So he's not really invested in these properties. You know, he just wants to build them up and sell them off and move to something else. You know, he's a flipper, but. You yeah, should, yeah, he's but, trying to flip it, but he's trying to. But but the people running it, you know, that's it. It's like they don't know if the music's going to stop and they won't have a chair, you know, or or if they're going to be around. It's like, yeah, it, it. No one knows what's going on over there, and that's the thing. They came out saying, "Yeah, we're the best. We're going to take over boxing. Pay per views dead." And now two years in, they're like, uh, "We're not going to pay opponents anymore," and then they'll say it publicly. Well, <laughs> where's the fucking tactic in that? You know, like who's that supposed to be uh, addressed to? I think a big part as well is that there are two separate contracts that we're dealing with here. Is that Canelo is getting his money direct and then Golden Boy is getting money as well. And Golden Boy has to come up with the money to pay a Sergei Derevyanchenko. And... Canelo's obviously not going to say, oh, take some of my money and give it to my opponent. He's not going to say that because he's already getting underpaid but with this deal. And it's Golden Boy who somehow can't scrape together the money for Canelo opponents. You have the guy who, as we've seen, is like hundred over 100% of their profit at the end of the year comes from Canelo. And now they, they can't scrape together the money <laughs> to pay for Sergei Derevyanchenko, which... Look, if we made the the power rankings of potential Canelo opponents that the public wants to see at the top, you have Caleb Plant, David Benavides, you have Golovkin, Jamal Charlo. How far down the list are we going to go before we hit Sergey Derevyanchenko? Like being real. Yeah, wouldn't well, you rather like there there are a bunch of people that would rather see Callum Smith even John Ryder before we get to Sergey Derevyanchenko. <laughs> and I'm like, look, I love Derevyanchenko. I, no, I would no, like to see that honest, fight, but like, let's be real what, with what's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Canelo's supposed to be the marquee guy. Uh, well, this is the problem without pay-per-view. Because it's like, 
how does this relationship work with the opponents? I, like that, you're right. Like Canelo gets his money no matter what. Canelo, and that's what annoys me when people say Canelo doesn't want this opponent or Canelo won't give them money. Canelo has nothing to do with it. This is all Golden Boy. You know, whatever deal they got between themselves and the zone to figure out who is the opponent for Canelo, it's not Canelo. Canelo will fight whoever he, you know they'll put in front of him. Sometimes they'll ask for more money like Golovkin because he's sick of seeing Golovkin. You know, he doesn't want to be tied to him forever for his career. So he's like, give me more money and I'll make the fight. But otherwise, he'll, they say you're fighting this guy. He goes, OK. You know, but uh, yeah, so it's all Golden Boy and they're making a mess of it. Golden Boy to zone. And this is the problem that we said from the very start. When you don't have pay-per-view, uh, you can't put on pay-per-view fights. And that's what they're trying to do. Like, where does the money come from? Now they got to go. Well, it's got to come from the gate. But well, now there's now no gate. we know there's there's no gates, so there's no way to generate this, you know. So they weren't really thinking of a situation like this. I mean, where they can't have crowds or crowds at the same level. I mean, this is here's a question: Is this type of fight a pay per view fight just off the table now? I think from Golden Boy's perspective, the answer is yes, because with the names that we're actually hearing now being talked about as potential opponents for Canelo, it seems like they don't see it as a feasible thing to put Canelo in there with a pay-per-view level or, I guess, a Canelo-level opponent. Yeah, we're like a week away from getting a Spike O'Sullivan in there. <laughs> we're, I, I think we've actually passed the Spike O'Sullivan level because they're throwing out Jason Quigley, uh, Toriano Johnson, David Lemieux. <laughs> I, I think Willie Monroe Jr. is the favorite <laughs> for us. I mean, Willie Monroe would would be an interesting fight for Canelo. I think he's a, a, a technically skilled fighter. Yeah, but I think uh, Rollins invented that one. So, <laughs> no, that's that is actually from a source. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, look, like what right now, pandemic wise, for Golden Boy. What's the difference between making Canelo and Willie Monroe Jr. and Canelo and and David Benavides? What's the difference? <laughs> they have to pay the opponent. That's the difference. Yeah, the money that they get to walk away with. And usually when Canelo fights a better opponent, that's better for everybody because that means you have a $6 million gate, $8 million gate. Golden Boy's taking some of that. But in this situation where the the... The tougher the opponent is, the more popular the opponent is, that means you have to pay him more, which means that's less money coming to Golden Boy. And that's why they can't, or maybe they can pay, but they're unwilling to pay for a Sergey. Yeah, it, like I said, they're in a position now where it makes no sense for them to suddenly say, okay, we're not going to pay for opponents like DAZN. And then Golden Boy saying, well, we're not going to pay for opponents. By the way, don't take this as me being critical. I think that this is smart. I think if you're Golden Boy, you have one of the better stables in boxing. Their stable right now, I think, is better than Top Ranks. You have Ryan Garcia, who, if all pans out, will be a superstar in the sport. Virgil looks pretty damn good. I don't know if he's going to pan out. But if it does, the, the, the trajectory of his career thus far is he's going to be pretty popular. Whether he, you know, he pans out, becomes a world champion, I don't know. But Yeah, but right none now, of these guys are going to replace Canelo. Ryan could get there. Canelo? No, no I don't think he I has think Ryan, if Ryan pans out, he's going to rewrite what we believe a superstar looks like. Okay? And then they have Canelo. 
They yeah, just added pans, another so, world. I don't, he, he's not I'm not talking, don't, but don't get caught up in that. We're looking at potential because Shakur Stevenson right now may never develop into what Ryan Garcia is at the moment. Well, skill-wise, he's way past <laughs> Skill-wise, he is, but so what? Rigondeau is very, very skilled. I don't see anybody trying to pay to watch him fight outside well, of hardcore I mean, fans. His ratings are huge now. He's on PBC. He's, he's I mean, War he's on the card, but he's, look, he's that He's a toe-to-toe fighter. If, well, we thought. If, <laughs> but if this all plans out. Now, you threw me off of what I was talking about. I know. You're saying that Golden Boy is pulling some kind of move. Or oh, Golden Boy, um, they are in a position where if things work out for them, they could easily leapfrog top rank in, in the pecking order of boxing. I think right now PBC's one, top rank's two, Golden Boy's three. I think they could easily leapfrog um, top rank. But the problem is... What is best for Golden Boy right now, which is like, hey, we are still in the building phase and we should not go crazy blowing our wad right now because we're going to look like Matchroom USA. If they plan things out properly and keep their money, like they could actually start to make things happen a little further down the road. But the problem is like if they play it safe at the moment, which is you don't have you don't rush Ryan into anything crazy. Don't rush Virgil into anything crazy and don't overpay for a Canelo opponent. Don't be match from usa and do a, a, a mikey garcia versus jesse vargas if we do this right now we're gonna look smart in the long run but that's that's not gonna make boxing fans happy well and it's not gonna make this, this the problem is that their money is all dependent on canelo like even their own deal with the zone is dependent on canelo so like well, how how long can they get away with like there's no way just Zone's gonna say, oh yeah, seven more fights. We're happy. <laughs> they're tied in for for five years or, or seven more fights. So I think they're good in the short oh, term. God, I'd like to see the terms. On okay, okay, actually, but that's a good point because what if they they play it right, and by the time that that, that deal expires and the streaming service is no longer here, or they want to jump off and and take over, go back to cable or something like that. Wouldn't it make more sense for them to just play it safe, make sure they have money in the bank, etc., so that they're not t- forced into a situation where they got to take a desperate deal? Yeah, no, you're right on that. But uh, they're also because here is Ryan Garcia really going to stick with them after the way they're jerking him around now, you know? So, so, but you're right, you're right. Yeah, it, it makes sense for them not to spend, but this they have to because. Otherwise, like, why would the zone put up with Canelo Lemieux? <laughs> it's like, that's that's another why it makes no, That's why it makes no sense for them to like signal that they're not going to pay for opponents publicly. You, you do that shit privately, you know. So I don't know why they 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 came up with this public thing saying that oh you guys got us the first year, but now we're smarter, you know. Like they're trying to save face in the public for what? It makes no fucking sense. I like, yeah, it's weird, you know. Like, like your your points are are right if they were saying they weren't on. Yeah, if they weren't on a streaming service too. Well, you know? yeah, yeah. That I mean that that certainly complicates things, and um, you know, we don't know for sure how this is gonna go. Like, the streaming service no. is new. They could turn it around, or the market could just change, and they might they wind up not being idiots. Yeah, but right now they kind of look dumb. But I don't know. 
I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, but like every time I do, they do something publicly. I'm like, oh god, like yeah, why are yeah, you... like that's it. They're signaling publicly that they don't know what the fuck's going on. Like that's it. They're not even talking to their number one star, you know. Well, where do you think? What do you think they do now? <laughs> well, that's it. They're just trying to fucking wait it out. Yeah. I mean, what, what they're, they're they're not gonna wait out the pandemic. Canelo's not gonna 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 roll with that. So I don't know. He's he's, he's fucking golfing now. They could, but like I don't know what what they do in terms of like are they just if they're if they like let's say they they do want to pick a cheap opponent. Like, what's to stop them from picking the cheapest opponent that they can find? I mean, within reason, you can't have Canelo fighting. Eliezer Valenzuela, although I'm sure he would take the fight, but do you just do Quigley and hope that because they're launching worldwide that this could make some small splash in the UK? But that's it, yeah, if the zone... That's the only thing holding them back. Uh, Canelo probably has some kind of opponent approval. Do you you think... So he's he's not going to see... I'm not going to fight that guy. I'm not even going to fucking get out of bed for that guy. He has said that he's willing to take a pay cut, but he would have to take a less... you know, a tune-up level opponent. And I think Jason Quigley with his little 16-0 and 0 is, uh, would be perfectly fine squash yeah, why match would for he, Canelo. Why would he take a pay cut if it's not in the structure of his contract? Um, Because he wants to just get paid and he don't want to wait. Oh, wait, Quigley's not undefeated. He has lost. I forgot about that. Hmm. To Turiano Johnson. Um, it's a... <laughs> who was stopped by Curtis Stevens. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, why? How will we get Gabriel Rosado in here? Let's let's. It's time for Gabe fans to finally get their boy some shine. Gabriel Rosado to Canelo is what Humberto Soto was to Manny Pacquiao. Anyway, um, I don't know. I think they're gonna pick John Ryder. To to be honest, like I think it's between yeah. John Ryder and David Lemieux. Uh if I'm Canelo, I'm not taking a cent less. You're yeah, exactly. My full I mean, money. If it's a contract, you're fucking paying him. If they got a fight date, then fucking pay him. Yeah, you know? and there's got to be a provision where they have to offer him fights during the year. You know, is he's not like when you got a contract, it's not like especially when they were so adamant to say that he's 35 million guarantee. You know, like when Floyd did this contract with Showtime, they said, oh, yeah, it's 30 million or richest thing, but they never put really a, a, a number on it. They said it could be the richest sports contract, whatever. But there was always a floating level which like Espinosa talked about is that depending on the opponent, he can get more money, you know, but they're not going to pay $30 million if he just decided to pick like a bunch of scrubs, you know, that's not how it worked. Like there was a very, there was a partnership there. Well, I think that this is how this exactly how this works. I don't think that they were smart enough to say, yeah, we're going to give you a range for your deal. Yeah, no, exactly. And they were adamant to say with Canelo, Oh no, it's 35 million guaranteed, you know? It can only go up. So so that's the thing. If you're Canelo, why would you rework your contract at all? You're like, hey, fuck, you guys owe me. So th- there are, there also has to be a clause where there probably is there. They have to offer him a certain number of fights per year because there usually is in, in boxing contracts. Yeah, but they can offer him a bunch of bad faith fights. They can say like – Yeah, hey, but, I'm, but I'm saying like if, if he's not going to take less money for a shitty opponent because they owe him fights, you know. So that's the kind of thing where the contract structure comes in. Like, he's not going to say, oh, okay, you guys can apparently only afford, you know, Scott Quigley. Well, I'll only take $20 million. He's like, no, fuck, give me my 35 You know, it's, it's not up to him for DAZN to find the money. 
You know, they're the ones who guaranteed him because, you know, Canelo can go back to pay-per-view anytime <laughs> they want to cut him. Jason Quigley. Scott well, Quigg is an actual fighter, not Scott Quigley. <laughs> that sounds like a good guys. nickname. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I think the Brits called uh, Scott Quigg, uh, Quiggy. Yeah, there you go. Close enough. I think they yeah. also called, uh, which one is the, I forgot which one of the called... Smith brothers was called like, uh, like a schmigma or something. Oh yeah. The autism brothers there. That's, that's, uh, God, what, what happened to him? I thought he was trying to get into the picture again. I mean, I don't know. Eddie Hearn may not want to take his, to Eddie Hearn may not want his guys to take a pay cut. Like, I would assume that Eddie's like, you guys could take a pay cut or fight in my backyard, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is a great thing. Again, now the zone's got two promoters that apparently can't make fights happen between their fighters. Isn't that know? something? <laughs> Callum Smith. Well, I don't have any reason to believe that any legitimate offers have been made to anybody so far. And Callum Smith has said that he hasn't even been contacted about this john Ryder, i don't think has been contacted either which is why he's trying to contact them on twitter or something like that is a a reliable way to get get oscar's attention apparently i still want the background to how that callum smith uh ticket master announcement got sent out Uh, but that's a that is look (laughs) having having a connection with the uh, the ticket people (laughs) Because uh, you and, know and, they obviously had to have told them. No, that's exactly what I'm, I'm talking about. I've, <laughs> I've, I've known fights were happening because I talked to the people at the ticket uh, place. Yeah, yeah. So someone told them that this fight was going to happen. Yeah. So, but yeah, okay. So, so that, that's just how screwed up. Uh, but again, uh, I think you're going to bring this topic up. What happened to Billy Joe Saunders? Billy Joe's not an idiot. <laughs> Are you sure? I mean, <laughs> they, I, I, I guess. Yeah, I should, I should be very cautious when I say Billy Joe Saunders is not an idiot. But I think Billy Joe Saunders is like, no, I'm, I'm, you guys, they probably throw out the, like their starting number for where they wanted to start the negotiations. And Billy Joe was like, nah, even if we met halfway, this is not what I'm willing to take to fight Canelo. The, the whole, I need X amount of weeks. Like you were like 12 or 10 weeks out from when you would be fighting. I don't believe that one second, unless the dude's blown up by 50 pounds, (laughs) you have more than enough time to make weight and fight. Like, let's be real here. Billy Joe Saunders has not been a guy that comes in looking shredded out like a like Tim Bradley. <laughs> that leads me to believe that he needed all this time to prepare for a fight. He's on that Mikey Garcia diet and training regiment. Except Billy Joe Saunders, I don't know about... Yeah, I'm not going to accuse him of anything. But, I don't know, suspect. I think so, somebody tweeted out that Billy Joe Saunders didn't take the fight because there wasn't enough time... Uh, for other reasons, maybe there were, uh, you know, no, nah, I don't believe that. No, that, that whole pet thing. That's that nasal decongestion should, that's just a, mm, I don't know. No, that, that's Tyson just Fury's out here eating, eating boars. <laughs> yeah. Well, he might've been eating boars. No, no. Cause, cause 12 weeks isn't going to make a fucking difference with steroids now. No, that, that was the you, point they is that they, Billy Joe needs way more time to get, months. to take a yeah. fight. And some of those things have windows of eighteen months. So, uh, let's see. Let's let's move on. How do you think the boxing community is going to respond if? And I don't know this for sure, but if PBC comes back and they're still paying their guys the exact same amount, and and, and everything leads me to believe that they are going to pay 
you know, the the same level because they're making the same type of fights. I mean, Jamal James and Tomas Delorme, that was already happening. Uh, Luis Neri and Aaron, Aaron Alameda, um, Benavides and Angulo. These are all fights that were already planned and are going to happen. So I would assume that they're just fulfilling on the contracts, which means that they're going to get paid the exact same amount as before the pandemic. So if that's the case and they're going to pay guys the same amount, like how do you think people are going to respond? Oh, the same way they always respond. They're going to find a way to hate PBC for something. Well, what about what about the the boxers though? Like if you're Themselves? on top rank right now and you're only being offered some guy from page 5 of Boxrec and they're trying to offer you a third of what you made in your last fight, which wasn't even a big fight. Like how do you feel if you see I don't know, Luis Neri in the main event making $400,000. Oh, yeah, you'd feel a little salty, I'm sure. But that's that's where you get where some guys are just, they, they get sort of swindled by the flim-flam promoters. But, but I think, yeah, if, if PBC guys are coming out and they're making the same money, uh, yeah, guys are going to take notice of that, you know? Because I, I don't know, everything, it looks like they're going to pay the same amount. And if, if they're going to make... Jamal Charlo and Sergey Derevyanchenko and Sergey Derevyanchenko had an option to go fight Canelo and chose Charlo instead. That I don't know. That's something you got to open your eyes to and just say like, "Hey, what the hell is going on here?" Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's just the, the the PBC is showing that they're easier to do business with and they don't fuck around the fighters. You know, like J Rock just said it again. He says, "You know, you don't see any PBC fighters complaining about pay." So they're obviously not being told, hey, guys, you know, things are tough. We're going to be cutting back on you, you know. So everyone seems to be saying, hey, for for some outlets, this only helps them, you know. Like if you look at the PBC style, now they get to compress some of these cards, you know. So you're not – you can put more of your better fighters on because now you've lost like two months of however many cards they're going to put on. So now you get to compress it. So you get to put – both guys and you're still sort of the same money because like they get whatever the 60 million or 80 million a year so yeah it, it, it only helps them um yeah i think that's been one of the problems top rank has had is their cards are excessively long sometimes and i get that they have to schedule more fights than they actually need because they're anticipating cancellations for whatever reason and uh but the fights just are generally entertaining in a sense but they they just aren't that interesting you know a 7 and 2 guy fighting a guy who's 5 and 4 that's not that good no no it's not uh yeah it's really weird well like i said that's the top rank uh, they're just showing how bad a position they are like you said you see golden boy leapfrogging him i think golden boy might have already done it hey man Relax, okay. You know, top rank I, I, is top. No, no, no. Top no, no, rank no. has been going downhill no, no. for a long time. Yeah. Heyman's Planet listens to this podcast, okay? And I will be <laughs> fucking damned if that guy does not message me like he does after every podcast and complain that I was too nice to Top Rank, okay? Top Rank is still above Golden Boy. Make that very clear, okay? I don't know if they're actually at the same. It's it's, it's an opinion question, okay? I don't care who's who's above but i think gold I, i'm not gonna lie I, I i really like golden boy's roster right now and where it's going 
And um, I, I think they have some guys with tremendous upside. But look, Top Rank does have a more... Certainly, they have one of the most talented rosters in, in all of boxing. I mean, your yeah, boy Lomachenko. Yeah, but that's it. He's not fighting. Because he's going to fight on pay-per-view. He's not... Yeah, but when's fucking pay-per-view going to happen? Never? October. <laughs> oh, yeah, October. In Raiders Stadium, where they can put one person in a row. Uh, you know, in some circumstances, that would be awesome. Well, what, that was Bob's plan. <laughs> I don't think that was exactly Bob's plan. I think I think no, it, was he, a, he it was named, a little less named, dumb. No, he named Randy. Well, not the one person per. That was mine. I said, yeah, that's why I said a little less dumb. Yeah, so three. <laughs> but yes, he it was like, yeah, there, there, we could fit a hundred thousand people in there. So if we put six feet, I can imagine Bob like putting his Legos like around the, the rug, <laughs> trying to see how much, and trying to do it to scale. And he's like twenty thousand people, yeah. six feet. Yeah, and the way Bob's looking in these interviews, you know he's probably got Legos there, man. No one's enjoying this this COVID as much as Bob. He's not hey, shaving. He's just sitting in a T-shirt. At, at MGM, he's got room service. Um, but no, it, it, that's a really good point you made about PBC that we do. We sh- I just want to make it clear. Uh, these guys are getting good pay, probably even maybe even better pay because – they're going to come out with what we believe is con- shorter cards with just the fights that are going to be televised that people are going to want to see. And they have to make every card count because they're being asked to do a lot of cards. And they do have a big stable so they can spread spread the love around. But And I think that helps the cards because that's certainly been a, a weak spot for top rank is like you have the opener, which is like, yeah, this is a great fight. Clay Collard, I'm down for this. And then you have to watch two of the most sloppy heavyweights you've ever seen. Two guys who, <laughs> you know, aren't very yeah. good. And then you have the main event, which is like, all right, you know, this is what I wanted to watch. But it's hard to get through the whole two and a half hours, sometimes three hours. I mean, there was that one yeah, card. Yeah, didn't they? Didn't, yeah, there was like three hours for three fights, wasn't it? Uh, or was it? did they get a fourth one in there? I oh, yeah, think... they had four, but two of them were four-round fights. Yeah, yeah, There was one card that went well <laughs> into the, the Midnight Sports yeah. Center. I think yeah, it was the Midnight they, Sports Center? Yeah, it was one of the early ones. It was just like, what the fuck? This thing's going on forever. It, it, I mean, that, that card was bad. I'll tell you what. The, the Tacom card, in my opinion, was, was their worst card. I like that Tacom fight, though. I don't know why, you're I don't know why you liked it. It was bad. I liked it because they're these two big fat dudes, you know, throwing a lot of punches. What are you talking about? Are you smoking? I like that. Yeah. Let me tell you why you are on crack. Tell me how many punches Jerry Forrest threw in the first eight rounds. You can count them on your fingers. Well, Decon was throwing a lot though. No, he was throwing a normal amount, and it looked like a lot because Jerry Forrest wasn't doing anything. <laughs> that was Your I eyes, give credit man. for that performance. Tacom did a good job. Like cool. And he, I mean he almost kind of let it all unravel at the end. But it took eight rounds for Jerry Forrest to realize he was in a fight. Oh, what do you want? And, the guy's and the, the fucking bubble. The thing that was just so ridiculous to me is that the week or two I think it was the week before, they had said that Jerry Forrest is becoming one of the most exciting young heavyweights in the world. And I'm like, he's like 29 30 years old young up and coming like those two don't go together usually no see look at this here's where your hate that's is like exposed. saying i'm young and up and coming i'm not 
to calm through 455 punches and force through 321. That's pretty active. Are you seriously wasting my time with CompuBox numbers? Yeah, she would. Oh my god! Oh my you, god! You were you on crack. Even watch this fight. You I did watch Paul this fight. Frank I was so sitting much. there. I was. I was eating my beef. I was having some macaroni salad. <laughs> yes. What else was I eating that night? Jimmy. And I was watching the fight, and I was shaking my head. I'm like, damn, I can't believe Jarrell Miller was doing PEDs and robbed us of seeing Jarrell <laughs> Miller. I mean, like, Jarrell Miller was just like, everything you got, give it to me. Same <laughs> yeah. way. Never mind. I am definitely... We should move on. I'm... Well, he was like, he got caught for the same stuff he got caught the first time. So he's like, he was yeah, like, just, it was so nice. I had shade. to do it twice. Uh, no, we really need to move on because I'm going to say some very offensive things. All right. All right. Do you think that we, we have already touched this? So we can move on to, to the next thing. Eddie Reynoso, he had some quotes about Brian Garcia that we saw today. He said, and I'm quoting here. In a team, there must always be a captain, someone to handle the affairs. I think Golden Boy here lacked tact to handle the situation with Brian. He lacked tact. There are things that do not concern me because I'm Ryan's coach. He has an attorney representing him. It's just my point of view. And he goes on to say, like, there are problems in boxing, which I presume he's assuming boxer versus promoter have existed for a very long time. He pointed some things out, and um, yeah. Well, that that, that end of that second uh, paragraph you got there is the important thing, where he says, I believe in these times, uh, these problems are no longer the same as they were before. Now the boxer can defend himself, the boxer can take care of his own interests, and that's what promoters don't like. I think that's a very salient point. Well, the one thing I take issue with there is like, it's kind of always been that way. It's just the vast majority of boxers are never in a position of power because let's be real. Boxing is a sport where it's, it's shaped like a pyramid. There's a lot of guys, a lot of guys who are very good, very talented, but they're all just guys. And then there's the occasional Floyd Mayweather who they control the entire sport. And Canelo's that guy right now where he has all this power. But I think that the one thing that golden boy is, really overplaying their hand is that they think that Ryan Garcia is one of those guys that they can just control. And maybe contractually that is the case, but they're not going to win the PR battle with Ryan Garcia because every, every step of the way he's five steps ahead of him and he continues well, yeah, to make Oscar look stupid. Cause he's a social media kid. Yeah. And you know, and that's the thing. So, uh, but like we said, Garcia never should have signed with golden boy again. You know, that's where he fucked up. Okay. I kind of have a different perspective on this. As I thought about this, because I do think, like, you are right, for sure. But my understanding of the situation, or not my understanding, just my read on things, is that Ryan was in a bad contract. And that contract wasn't ending anytime soon. And so, rather than let Ryan make life miserable for them... They just renegotiated and then did a little extension on the already bad deal to make him happy in the moment. But still, they're screwing him either way. And Ryan is starting to see that he got maybe one fight where he thought he got his worth. But now he's already outpacing what that contract that they renegotiated um, 
is actually worth. Because if you notice in the in the release that we got about that renegotiated contract, it said this is the richest deal ever. And what were the for key a words prospect, for yeah. a prospect? So those minimums are not as high as people think, and they throw you off with the richest deal ever because it's probably just slightly better than a prospect contract, which is pretty exploitative if we're being honest. Yeah, well, like uh, as contracts work, there's only minimums in boxing contracts for most of them. You know, like uh, like he would have been under a standard contract where he probably says, okay, we'll give you 5,000 minimum per fight or something like that. You know, because you can always negotiate what you get because that's 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 why the Ollie Act disclosure is so important in boxing because if you got a smart manager or if you're a smart boxer, you go, how much are you guys making for this card? And then you negotiate from there. You know, but you got a minimum level. So, yeah, so it's like he said, when they redid his contract, they probably just bumped his minimums up. Which, you know, so, okay, we're going to pay you this minimum per fight. You know, And now then and then they're actually trying to pay him the minimum. Yeah, yeah, because he's thinking, okay, that's my minimum. But now they understand since I'm bringing in so much so I can negotiate more. And now they're going, eh, we're just going to pay the minimum. <laughs> he's like, what the fuck? You know, so, yeah. So, so... It's smart, but he got a little hoodwink. So, but the thing is, like, he he should have been a bit smarter because that's it. If he's an Instagram guy, then he's probably got Instagram contracts, you know, and influencer stuff. So, yeah, uh, he got a little hoodwink. But then again, Golden Boy's fumbling it. Like now, they're trying to cause an issue with him. You know, they could have had that July Fourth card or something. You didn't think it was ever going to happen. Was I right? Oh uh, yeah, you're right. But it was, it was overpay, you know. Uh, and he wasn't really asking for. I think he wanted four hundred thousand or something. They offered him two. Wasn't that? I what think he was? wants seven hundred, at least oh, half okay. a million, because I think he sees himself as being more valuable than Shakur Stevenson. And so whatever Shakur gets, he's got to get at least that. But yeah, gate wise, I think he, he obviously is. Although there is there's somebody on Twitter. I don't know who it was, but they were like really going hard about the fact that Ryan Garcia is not where Shakur Stevenson is, but conflating two separate things, which is that Ryan Garcia is actually popular and Shakur Stevenson is a legitimate world champion with pound for pound status in his future, which yeah, let's be this, real. That's this not has, there for no, Ryan. This has nothing to do with skill. This is all about uh, money. This guy also asserted that, um, Shakur sold a lot of money and a lot of tickets out in um, New Jersey. Well, then show the gate receipts for that. Uh, I I think I did see one of the gate receipts, and it wasn't that cute. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, yeah that's uh, I, I I think I just think that there's there's a, a a bigger problem that's going on here, and that is that Golden Boy couldn't pay Sergey Derevyanchenko enough to take him away from that Jamal Charlo fight. And they also can't pay to keep their number one prospect. And I know that they said that Virgil, Oscar came out and said the stupid stuff about how Virgil is the number one guy and he's the future, yeah, blah, 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 one, which man. is really just that, that was like, um, let me go talk to this guy because I'm mad at my boyfriend sort of thing. And, and make him <laughs> jealous. That's exactly what that was. It was a game. Yeah. 
And, and look, this is why I like Virgil. Like Virgil just smiles. It's like he's happy. He's he'll take it. But it's <laughs> it's really not good for business. And uh, you know, Virgil Virgil doesn't know he's the rebound. They can't pay Sergey. They can't pay or or I should I shouldn't say can't. We don't know if they can't, but we know they're unwilling. Yeah, that, that's concerning. It is, especially since they're supposed to be getting eighteen million a year from DAZN. So it's like, why are they trying to like? And this, especially for Ryan Garcia's cards, why are they trying to keep it all? You know, that's 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 the weird thing. You're gonna start pissing off now. They pissed off Canelo, and now you pissed off Ryan Garcia. How long do you think Virgil Ortiz is gonna play ball with you? This is if this is how you're gonna treat people. I think he's gonna play ball for a while, but that's just well. Me. Yeah, depends. Yeah, wait till his contract's up. Yeah. I, I uh, no, we'll save that for a Patreon podcast. I do want to talk about the restructuring, um, but we'll talk about that on a Patreon podcast because. We've talked enough about business things. Yeah, uh, and we're gonna, and we still got more to go. You know, top ranks ratings aren't they're, they're not great. Now I don't know if they're good because they've been consistent and consistency's good. I guess you know, I think um, WWE TV has been very consistent with their ratings, although they've also been consistently declining. But they're reliable to generally produce the same number every week, and that's valuable to. Uh, advertisers and sponsors because well that that means you get x amount of people on a regular basis tuning in it's a lower risk right so top rank you know that is a silver lining i guess maybe to the ratings but they did 318 on tuesday 299 on thursday so how much do you think the bad fights are to blame for the ratings like is is that the whole story here yeah because you're not really getting names and like i said even though these are usually the highest rated program on ESPN for the day, like ESPN is not getting much attention. You not know, anymore. Like, the MLS is doing better. Yeah. Like, you know, ESPN's really hurt. And so, yeah, consistency, but that's it. It's because people don't know these fighters, you know? So you're not going to, you're not going to get anyone tuning in except for the hardcores that just want to see boxing. Yeah. I think 100%. I've I've kind of gone back and forth on this, and and I may even be contradicting something I've said in the past, but I think now it's a hundred percent fights. I think it's the fights, and not that they're not fun, they're not good, blah blah blah. Because we've certainly seen plenty of really good fights on these top rank cards. We've seen plenty of fun fights. We've seen plenty of funny fights. We've had good commentary from Timothy Bradley. His B and B sandwich bit is one of the best bits that I've seen all year. Um, Tim and Andre are developing a really interesting dynamic in their relationship to each other where for the most part it's very friendly but they do antagonize each other and they aren't afraid to disagree with each other but still it, it, it's it's good so like overall the broadcasts are alright but I think the fights are bad and like bad in the sense that there's nothing that tells the casual fan Hey, tune in because the vast majority of boxing fans, as we're seeing, is made up of casual fans and casual fans will tune in if a fight is good enough. Lomachenko and Rigondeau was always going to be a bad fight and it was a bad fight in terms of like it wasn't that enjoyable. Rigondeau didn't do anything. Uh, 
but it did a huge number. And granted, it did have a good lead-in, but it also had a reason for people to stick around. Top ranks showed that even when they get a good lead-in, people don't stick around. And I think that falls on the fights. There's no coverage for these top rank fights on um, first take or get up or pardon the interruption or whatever. And the reason for that is there's nothing to talk about. We yeah. tried to, I don't know about we, but I know I've done podcasts after these top rank cards and like <laughs> it's hard to talk about them. Like, what am I going to talk about? Where does David Kaminsky go from here? Can he rebuild? I don't know. <laughs> I've seen the guy fight one time. Yeah, that's it. There's no story behind any of these fighters, really. Yeah, I'm not even sure that some of these guys are with a, a major promoter where even if they win, we're going to see him again. Carlos yeah. Castro has looked the best out of any fighter who's fought on top rank thus far. He is the fighter that has just come out and and uh, made an impression. But very few other guys have done that. So, like, we're in a tough spot here with these cards. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's it. Like, some of them are just, like, terrible developmental cards. Like, the four-round fights, six-round fights. These shouldn't be on your prime time, you know. Unless you've got a name, like uh, like I said, you're trying to push Joey Spencer or Vito Melnicki. Well, they're trying to push a story, you know, PBC with those guys. Like normally you wouldn't see those guys on there. But hey, they got a kid out in high school who's a professional boxer. So there's a story to push behind there. These other guys are just like, who? They're trying to push the story during the fight. So it doesn't help people wanting to tune in. You know, so yeah, it, it, it's really bad fights and unknown names, you know, like yeah. these are development, like, but this is, this fits into what we said was going to happen to boxing under the normal period. You know, you've got so many dates, you're going to see these developmental fights that are just going to be usually awful sometimes, non-event of other times, you know, guys are just trying to get through the fight sometimes. They're just building, you know, they're, they're just testing themselves out and yeah, you're not going to get big ratings. You're not going to get people tuned in. You know, and that's just said, you know, whatever calls PBC fanboys, but you could see PBC waited it out and now they're coming back with known names, with fights that were on the schedule already, you know, like Jamal James isn't going to fight some dude you never heard from, you know, out of Chile or something. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's the ratings are consistent. But that's it. It's just people that want to watch boxing. You're probably at the the floor level for your average, uh, your hardcore fans, I guess you can call them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, Top Rank is trying to take these these normal things that we see in cards. Like you brought up the Vito Milnecki. That's a that's a good example. Uh, they're trying to do that, but they're unfortunately being put in a position where. That's have, that has to be in the main event sometimes. We saw with Gabriel Flores, like that was not, like Gabriel Flores should still be on undercards developing. He should be underneath guys that are going to bring in the, the audience so that they can they can share the audience with Gabriel Flores and we can get used to this guy, get, get to know this guy. But they're not doing that. And that situation, I give them credit because they were trying to do that, but it didn't work out because Gabriel Flores had to get elevated to the main event. I believe that was the Pedraza card. Uh, doesn't matter who it was, but, um, so th that's a big problem here. And like, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting thing. Did, did waiting allow PBC to 
bring come back with what we've heard are some stellar fights. I mean, the Stephen Fulton Angelo Leo fight is really good. Jamal Charlo and Sergey Drevinchenko is really good. Errol Spence and Danny Garcia is really good. Now Spence was and, and Garcia was planned already. Charlo and, and Drevinchenko is a new fight that's been made. There's but has a, that been announced? It hasn't is been announced. Is, None of these fights you, have actually been announced. You're well, Leo. We know when Fulton's happening. I mean, we have basically confirmation of it, but if we're being technical, it hasn't been announced. J Rock said today on his um, interview that he he gave that Jermil Charlo is probably going to fight Jason Rosario next, which would be a unification at 154. That's a yeah, pretty that's, that's, stellar. That's a great fight. Yeah, that's. I mean, even uh, if they didn't have titles, by the way, that's still a good fight. Benavidez is going to fight Romer Angulo in August. Which is an all right fight. I mean, it's it's not great. Yeah. It's, it's I a, think, it's that, I think decent... that was named before. Yeah, yeah, they were already going to do that. I mean, look, we know the plan with Benavidez and Plant is they're on a collision course with each other. And it's, a, it's just a question. It's a matter of how many fights do they feel they need before they, they are down to fight each other. Or not that yeah. they're down. I think they're down right now. They really don't like each other. But... Will it make sense for Fox or Showtime to make that fight? Yeah, they'll make it. Well, Benavidez is going to fight his mandatory after that. But that's a fight I think that uh, they could do any time. But it, it doesn't hurt to get these guys' names out a bit more. Yeah, like if you know that you have a year. Because you have to imagine they, they know that, okay, Spence is fighting roughly in this time. And Wilder's roughly fighting this time. The, it, the, those guys' years are planned out. Pacquiao is probably planned out. So... They're looking at, well, when can we get away with maybe doing this on pay-per-view and seeing if they could work backwards from there? And if not, you know, throw it on regular Fox or regular Showtime. But yeah. that's a fight where you think those guys are both really young. You could, if everything breaks right, put it on a pay-per-view. But I don't know. Uh, there's a really good question on, on Reddit that I wanted to ask. Um, I'm just going to steal it verbatim. It's really good. The user username is Roy Jones the King. So he says... Considering the poor quality product boxing has put out in Q3 and the success of MMA, 1.3 million buys for UFC 251, despite the main card lacking McGregor, Jones, Cormier, Diaz, Rousey, as if Rousey's like fought in the UFC recently, are you at all concerned about a corner being turned in which MMA has surpassed boxing permanently? What do you think? No. Like, well, that's 1.3 million buys, according to sources again, you know, which is like pretty funny. Like, who's the source? There's only like we, we talked about the before. The only source is going to be the USC. ESPN probably isn't going to say anything. They save every, all their comments for their like uh, earnings or it's just the basic goofs that look at Google Trends and then say, well, this pay-per-view had this many people on Google Trends. So that means it did this many buys. And if it gets in there, it's all bullshit. Fucking it's one of those Coppinger breaking sources things. You know, Coppinger thought that uh, Tank didn't sell any tickets. They're all comps, too. So you know, that's as much as I care about sources. But anyway, uh, the, the question itself about MMA, no, because we've, we know this, too. There's only about 10% crossover fans. These are not the same audiences. They are not competing for the same customers. You know, UFC, this is UFC's own research. You know, they are not. There's only 10% crossover, you know, between the two sports. These are totally two different uh, areas, 
for sports. And again, ESPN selling to people on the ESPN app, whereas you got boxing is still in broadcast. They're, they're still getting pushed by broadcast networks. You know, they get pushed by your cable company. They get pushed by everyone, you know. So no, they're, they're still two different things. And it's also uh, like, yeah, saying, oh, it's top ranks bringing it down. Boxing is not uh, some one club. You know, it's a wide open competitive sport where it, who gives a fuck what top rank does? It doesn't hurt PBC's cards. You know, it never did. It, it never does. People always try to put this argument that they're all the same in boxing. And they're not. Otherwise, everyone would have been doing Floyd's numbers and they weren't. Yeah, that's and and that's the thing that I pointed out earlier about the it's stable. Top ranks numbers are stable because that's the audience for that level. But yeah, if you put Charlo and Derevianchenko on regular Fox, you're going to see a completely different level for for ratings. And that's because boxing is like a nobody's established a brand. There's no UFC in boxing where it doesn't matter. Um, well, I, I don't know. Maybe Top Rank has established a, a brand and it's 300,000 roughly viewers. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. um, nobody's really established a, a successful brand in, in boxing. And there's a reason why. Like, it's very difficult. You can't corner the market. People have tried for decades to corner the market and it just can't be done. Yeah. Even PBC with all yeah. of its resources. They have two networks. They they probably have the richest deal in terms of the, their licensing deals for between Fox and Showtime, and they can't do it. And it's because the, the sport is not set up to operate that way. We've we've had the full range of pay-per-view buys between Floyd Mayweather doing 4 million pay-per-view buys with, with Manny Pacquiao and, and, and Conor McGregor, and then that's considered a wild success. And we've also seen huge successes from Canelo where it's only 1.1 million buys. Yeah. It's just a huge range. You'd have to get rid of 20,000 boxers to uh, make it like the UFC. (laughs) So, yeah, it's not going to fucking happen. That's all the big people just they seriously underestimate how big boxing is. And we're not just on every level, but uh, like that's a big, small, you got everything everywhere. There's cards going on, like in a regular, of course, in a normal period there are cards going on almost every single day of the week in boxing you just don't see 90 percent of them because they're smaller fights but that's where these guys come from you know a lot of guys come from small cards they build up local cards regional cards international cards uh you don't get that with mma mma is very small even after 20 years of the ufc under fertitas they only got like 600. Sometimes they range up to the highest 650 fighters. Sometimes they go below 600. You know, then you got Bellator, which is doesn't have that many fighters. You know, and then you got you got like 2,000 welterweights that are active at one point or another. Some of them are very small. Some are part-time guys. You know, but that's it. There's 2,000 listed professional welterweight boxers. So MMA is like it's a small, it's a controlled thing. It's it's not going to surpass boxing because boxing isn't a single entity. It's you know it's it's a constant thing going on. There's too many people. There's well, too many boxers. Too many promotions. And it is it's all personality driven. Yeah. And that's it. Like saying, oh, this this fight was so amazing. Well, what about all the other ones? Wait, wait till the next card. You know, 
And this is the weird thing. If it's so big, what the fuck are they doing in Abu Dhabi? Well, what are they doing advertising <laughs> you know? Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua as yeah, the special characters exactly. for the game? Like, there's a little bit of flim-flam with the fucking UFC going on. There's there. also like, a different do. demographic in the people who watch the sport. Boxing yeah. has a younger demographic than the UFC does, which you would think that that is not the case. But studies have found that the boxing has a younger demographic than the UFC. And in fact, boxing <laughs> yeah. has one of the youngest demographics amongst all sports, all yeah. sports, including cornhole. No, I don't know if cornhole. It, would... it should be number one sport. It will be next time. Yeah, it will be. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's no, because like it's just that's like that's a Reddit argument. And this is these. uh Boxing has so many long-suffering fans where they feel because they're not the main conversation piece. But then when it is, they usually shit on the big fights anyway. Well, So if the UFC is successful, does that mean everyone was tuning in to see Usman lose? You know, like which was the only reason Floyd was apparently successful? Like, is, can we start that argument? You know, but that's it. You can go to another MMA card. Uh, it, they won't report any buys, you know. No one will leak it because they know no one gets two fucks. Because that doesn't matter because all the money goes to the UFC anyway. It doesn't matter how big well, it anymore. gets. And this this is the problem. Why MMA won't surpass boxing is because MMA fighters can't make more money than what the UFC is willing to give them. They'll never get above what UFC said they could keep it between 16 and 18 percent of revenue. That was the sales pitch from uh, WME IMG when they were putting trying to get money for, to buy the UFC. They said we will control fighter costs. So that's always going to limit MMA because there is a ceiling on it. There's no ceiling in boxing. Well, and legally, there is no ceiling for MMA, which Derek does. Well, I mean. There's, there's nothing for, that says fighters, it in, in boxing, company, yeah. but but based off of how boxing goes and the fact that like you have an Al Heyman who's going to say like, no, 18% is not going to cut it. We will pay you 70%. Um, that just isn't going to exist in boxing because you there are legal ramifications for it. Whereas the UFC, they, they could do whatever they want. And they, they yeah. have so much control. As you said, out of all the active MMA fighters, how many of them are actually in the UFC? I would say that they have they have what you call almost all of cornered them the market. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and look, you you brought up a good point. Like this is something that you know the old timers like. This is just an old timer argument where it's like, oh, boxing used to be it used to be baseball and boxing, and now it's it's the NFL and these NBA kids, and that's you know that sport's gone to hell. These are old arguments that people want to continue to rehash. And it's just kind of a reminiscing of a day that hasn't been around for a very long time. Like people act like the 80s. Mike Tyson was, yeah, he was super popular. But do you think anybody was tuning in to see cruiserweight fights? Yeah, Although cruiserweight no. might not have been around at the time. Do you think anybody really knew who the middleweight champion was in 1984? Was it Marvin Hagler? Might have been Marvin Hagler. I don't know. Yeah. You think yeah, they knew Hagler, who the featherweight, featherweight champion was? No, 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 don't give a shit about that. Salvador Sanchez, maybe? Yeah. You know, now people, oh, that's it. Yeah, that's because those are the guys' names you remember. Yeah, see, but that, <laughs> that, that's exactly the point I was making. Who yeah. knows what years they actually held titles? Yeah. But that's what you remember, and then you actually think that, oh, the 80s were good because Salvador Sanchez was the champion at whatever division. Why? No, that's it. It's all, yeah, rose-colored glasses and all that shit. It's like, oh, yeah. and Well, it's just the same as, uh, I think I made this point last time, 
were top ranks. Yeah, we got huge ratings in the eighties. Everything did. There was no fucking competition. Well, I mean, like, more people like said, were watching TV. The Fall Guy was getting thirty million people a week. Oh, it's like there's like nine nothing. channels. Like, relax. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's no competition. There's no entertainment. Now you've got tons of fucking competition. The only reason the NM, the UFC really isn't MMA, UFC successful, is because they limit it and they limit the exposure and they control everything. You know, so all the money that would normally go to like a fighter's life is can be spent on marketing. <laughs> so they give you the perception that it's there. That is the biggest thing. That is everything. Because, you know, they, they, they advertise. They uh, work deals with writers, you know. It, it's, uh, no. So the main question is no. Because boxing is always going to be your Boxing always has been here. Uh, I mean, I'm not concerned. I don't think that it, it, it does not matter to me if the UFC MMA is more popular than boxing. People no. who watch MMA are watch not, yeah. mm. not going to say, oh, I will never watch boxing. Now, there may be some, but I don't think there's like this super gap where you're anti one or the other. Now, of course, there's always people who like they're they're, they're the exceptions. But I, I think people who generally watch the MMA at some point, they may have an, ex an interest in boxing. Same way, there are people who watch boxing that will occasionally become casual UFC viewers. But that's not a big deal. Like there's nothing that says like once you like one, you no longer will like the other. So the MMA having further more popularity than boxing, which I actually don't even agree with, but MMA having more popularity than boxing, so what? The MLS doesn't care if the NHL is more popular than them. Yeah, that's it's 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 more of an argument where guys are still in this Dana White created MMA versus boxing argument. So you know, which is dumb because there there is there is no, no difference. You even see Steven Espinoza talking about how. He uh, with with um, the guy who runs Bellator, trying to do things that integrate both, that can create sort of crossover. Yeah. Now there's not a lot of crossover, which means that there's there's a market that you could potentially uh, tap into. Yeah. And create something like I don't know how they would do it. I mean, obviously Espinosa smarter than me. Maybe there is a way to convince boxing fans to watch Bellator and vice versa. Yeah, but that's the thing. Yeah, there is a huge market that doesn't care about the other one, you know, and they can both succeed. It's like, oh, NFL's popular, so I guess no one cares about baseball, you know. It, it's weird. I, I think people really don't have a concept of how big the world is sometimes. You know, there's a lot of there's fucking there's more people that don't give a shit about any sports than there is that do care about sports at all. So this idea that there's only there's a limited amount of people that are going to care. So oh, the UFC's killing boxing. No, that's it. We, we said it again. They aren't the same market. It's, it's not the same people. It's not either or. You know, you're only talking again. I think the uh, UFC, their highest measured one was 14 percent crossover for pay-per-view. Between that that had bought a that had bought a boxing pay per view and that had bought a UFC pay per view, you know, but that shifts. So like it's so it's, it's between ten to fourteen percent crossover that will watch them both. So that means ninety percent only watch one. So yeah, it, you know, there's there's no big threat. It, it doesn't really matter unless you're a UFC fighter and that doesn't get any of this money, no matter how much they make. Yeah, um, let's move on.
F.A. Jogba, he recently signed a managerial deal with Jay Prince, which saw a small reaction on Twitter. I don't think it was a very big one. I think Jogba is somebody that a lot of people are familiar with, but I don't really think that a ton of people outside of like us actually really like like Ajagba. Um and I, I there was like a, a little a little movement on on social media mostly from the anti PBC crew that this was like some master plan a ploy to get Ajagba away from Al Heyman. Uh do you think that this was the coup that they're making it out to be? No, well, one, he was signed with uh, Shelly Finkel as a manager, not Heyman, so that was kind of weird. Uh-huh. This is another, uh, who's the boxer that everyone was shitting on because they thought he was a PBC guy, but he actually fights Showtime? Jerron Ennis. Yeah, yeah, Boots, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, one of the most talented young prospects that's signed to nobody. Yeah, he signed to But nobody. he's black, so let's yeah. just assign him to PBC, and, and then, yeah, yeah that, was, that was really unfair. Yeah, so so it's kind of the same thing. Um, is it a coup? It depends where he goes. If they take him the top rank, well, then it's a minor coup because Jog was obviously a guy the uh, PBC was uh, devoting time to. You know, he's he's years away from uh, being in a fight of any great importance. But so it's it's kind of okay. A, a, you know, it's a guy out of our rotation if he takes him the top rank, but. As far as a coup, no. The only thing is that uh, Jay Prince is getting these guys, but he's, I don't know why. Like, he used to charge 33 and a third. That's what he charged Floyd. Like, why are you, <laughs> you know, if, if you're paying that much to a manager, you're getting screwed. So hopefully he's getting a better rate than that. Well, I'll tell you um, what I think. I think, well, for, for one, Ajabo was never a PBC guy. He fought on PBC, and they did, you know, if you fight on a PBC card, like an Ajagba, you will get featured, and, and there's a lot of good that comes from that. So, like, but Ajagba was never actually, like, a PBC guy. And there's, yeah, like, this yeah, weird yeah. distinction of, like, who's an actual PBC guy and who isn't. Ajagba wasn't one. And so um, Ajagba was with Shelly... Shelly Finkel and Richard Schaefer. Now this part is the most interesting thing about the story, but nobody's talking about it. Richard Schaefer had his handprints or not his handprints, his fingerprints on a Jogba, but a Jogba has since left the ring star nest to join money. Powell, Carlos Balderas. These were ring star guys that are now gone. And we haven't heard, seen anything from Richard Schaefer in quite a while. So I don't know what is going on with Schaefer. What the hell, where he might have gone. Um, Robert Garcia has a podcast. Uh, I guess it's a podcast. I don't know what you call it. It's a, it's a video series that he does on um, on YouTube. And Ringstar came up in the conversation on one of the episodes. And he just laughed. And then just kind of like uh, moved on. But it was a real, like, something is up laugh. So I don't think it was a coup because Ajagba wasn't technically one of their their guys, quote-unquote. Um, is it good for, I, I believe he's going to go to top rank. Jay Prince is a feeder to top rank. So if you're with Jay Prince, there's a very high likelihood that you will be fighting on top rank. Is it good for top rank? 
yeah, I think it adds some depth to their heavyweight division. It's certainly a good replacement for for Big Baby now that he's off the table. Is is a Jogba going to beat Fury? Absolutely not. Can you be in a couple of good slugfests at heavyweight? Sure, you can. He still needs building. He's still very green. You saw in the Kaladze fight that uh, he's very entertaining. I love a Jogba, but I'm not willing to bet any money on this guy. So, I mean, I'm going to keep watching a Jogba, but like. I don't know what's going on with Richard Schaefer, where that dude has gone, what has happened. He dropped off the face of the planet. Uh, and then the other thing is, um, uh, God, I forgot what I was going to say. I, I just think that, oh, the reason why I think this might have made sense is if a Jogba wasn't a an Al Heyman guy, then that means that he hasn't fought since December. And this dude probably doesn't have a side hustle. He probably hasn't gotten paid the big money that a lot of guys have thus far. And so, with no fights on, on the schedule for him, like, what is he going to do? Is it possible yeah. that Jay Prince is the is the big guy, the big manager in his area? And I think Ajagba's in Houston, as is Jay Prince. Maybe Jay Prince reached out to him and said, like, hey, like, you know, let me know if there's anything I can do for you. And Ajagba was like, yeah, I just had a kid and I got, you know, I don't have a fight well, coming up. <laughs> yeah, and Jay Prince was like, "All right, you know, sign with me. I'll give you a oh, bonus." Well, his, so his so his contract with Ringstar is over. I don't know. Isn't that weird that we have not heard, not seen nothing from Schaefer? We've seen guys, a lot of his guys, go sign <laughs> elsewhere. I think he had a fight, a fighter on that Frank Warren card. Who? I don't know. I just saw the, the Instagram. The one that thing. just happened. Yeah. Wait, what he, Instagram he, did you see? Uh, Ringstar's Instagram. I Ringstar has, they're supposed. To, oh wow, let's let's check yeah. this out. Let's check this out. Hutchinson Blackedge, <laughs> or is that like an ancient one? No, this is the one that that's coming up at the end of August. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, well, there you ah, go. this is yeah. another guy. Ringstar, managed by Shelly Finkel, and and he spelled Shelly Finkel's name wrong. W- way to go, Willie Hutchinson. Yeah, there you Ain't go. Isn't that interesting? Well, but see, uh, this the thing is like you know. But where's Schaefer? I don't know. Maybe he's got COVID. <laughs> I don't know. But this is it. He's like you're on the outside looking in. You know, it's like now you've got to. Re- yeah, you got to try to rebuild all your fighters and everything because he's got to start up again. You know, which is kind of funny because people are like, yeah, you know, he he's he sold out for Golden Boy and now he's going to join up with Al Heyman. Uh, they use TGB mostly to do all these things, you know? Yeah. I mean, Schaefer has definitely been around. Yeah. But like, but that's it. But, but it's not like they're doing him any favors. No, the, the fighters are running the things. You remember know? when like people they, said that he was going to um, leave once he left yeah. Golden Boy, he was going to go front Mayweather promotions and, and that was yeah, yeah. the new thing. Yeah. That's, a, that's what I'm saying that all these, all these conspiracy theories about Richard Schaefer and then, well, of course he didn't come to pass. So it's, you're wrong again. So, yeah, that's it. He's just got to build up. Like that's it. You don't really know him, but he he, he threw in hard with uh, the WBSS. But then I think that kind of waned when you know everything else went to shit with that whole series. Uh, so yeah, it, it, fucking boxing promotion is a tough gig. Yeah, I mean they are still posting and active on social media on Instagram at least. Yeah, but yeah, he's he, I, I haven't seen him in a while. And he, he, you know, he's a guy that was out and about. Yeah. 
So it is pretty interesting, but to lose maybe maybe he's trying to get back in the golden boy he's like hey guys you're mm, going to shit <laughs> that would be something that would really be something if if they they got back they, together with they, golden boy they fucking need him i can tell you that and, and then and then they, they patch things up with pbc and and then they take out <laughs> yeah this is yeah. that would be wild if they they they're like golden boy brought their deal expired they bring everything over to fox and stuff and yeah. then and then top rank has to sell to Daniel <laughs> Kinahan. I think his boxing dreams are over now. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's yes, yeah, it's, it's not some big coup. It's just fucking boxing. People are just so invested in this idea that anything is a knock on Al Ham. It's like fuck the guy wasn't even signed to him. Didn't he have an advisor deal with him? You know, he's just a guy that they put on his cards, which they do. It's like Samson Lukovic. Like he has a ton of fighters that he does. You know. Aligned on PVC cards. Are they aligned with Al? No. It's fucking, that's what PVC is. They work with a lot of people. That's why they don't end up like top rank, putting on fucking shitty cards all the time. I don't... I'm not going to... I can't sign that. <laughs> no, you know, that's exactly top rank's problem. They're doing what they're... They, they're doing what they can. Uh, they're doing what they always did, and that's try to be as in-house as possible. And now, fucking everyone else has options, you know? So their in-house is to get all their guys beat by Sean Gibbons. The funny thing is, like, being in-house is like a four-letter word, but, like, everybody does it, and everybody has done it for a long time. The only people that don't do it are the smaller promoters who can't because they don't have enough fighters to do in-house stuff. Yeah, but, but you know, Top Rank was a hard in-house. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, if you go back and read any thread that talks about Top Rank from, like, 2013, that's all people complained about. Yeah. Yeah, they were hard in-house. Like, yeah, that's, of course, a promoter's going to want to promote his guys. But that's the trouble with PBC is that the promoters aren't running the show. This ties into what Eddie Reynoso was actually saying. Uh, what This is exactly what the Ali Act uh, was establishing, was that promoters would be put into the place of, like, music promoters, concert promoters. You don't run the, the, the music world. You just get paid to put on an event. You don't control people's careers. You don't get to screw them on the money. You know, like like bands, bands don't, the Rolling Stones aren't giving up, you know, 40% to some guy who's putting on the concerts, you know. No, they get paid. They take all the fucking money. The promoter gets all the scraps. You know, even like now that the, uh, like the Live Nation controls a lot of the promotion. They pay a shitload of money like, like Jay-Z. And if they lose money, well, that's fucking their fault. Jay-Z's not fucking taking a hit. You know, that's how it's supposed to operate in boxing. But the idea that the the promoters, like a Bob Arum runs everything and he's picking the fights and he's guiding careers. No, that's, the Ali Act was designed to stop that. It was designed to put promoters in their place. And that's why this whole promoter-manager thing, no, everyone's reading it from the wrong fucking point. It's so the promoters can't control the manager. You know, everyone, what Heyman's supposed to be doing is how it's supposed to be done. Promoters get paid their money to put on the events and that's it. Then they fuck off. <laughs> you know, they don't they don't run anybody's career. If fighters want to work with a promoter, well then fine, they can. That's in the act too, you know. But the idea is to limit the power of promoters. And uh, this is what you're getting with some things. And you're seeing some of the places that are trying to play the other way are seem to be the ones that are bitching about how things aren't working. So, you know, it's a new era. Yep. Well, I think We'll wrap it up here. Um, 
thanks for listening. If you if you're if you're still listening, uh, if you enjoyed the well, podcast, what? You, you you can't you can't be so negative on that, man. What do you mean can't be so negative? You always throw it in if you're still listening. You you gotta you gotta act like people want to hear every word. Well, they you you can't you, you can't make do. them you can't make them think that they shouldn't be listening. Come on, man. Well, you should say this at the beginning. But yeah, um, if you're still listening, if 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 Fred didn't turn you off uh, or make you turn this podcast <laughs> off, yeah. to to those of you that were like, oh, where's Tom? All one of you, he'll be back at some point in the future. Yeah, it was a little too late for Tom. That dude gets up to like fucking work them. He gets the Bowflex and shit at four. So Tom is not working the Bowflex. He's he's, he's riding his fucking, Peloton. Oh, he's probably got he's probably Jack now that he's been fucking COVID. You know, I and, don't I don't know. I don't think any of us have gotten in better shape. He's probably got like twenty four inch pythons, the Hulkster. I don't know about that. Tom seems like the type that he would want to brag about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's too late for Tom. Yeah, Tom, Tom, too bad. He's on the East Coast, so that's too bad for him. But we will be back soon. I think we will be doing another podcast on the Patreon feed this week because um, I think there will be some other big news this week, but I can't say for sure. But I have a feeling that big things are shaking. If Derevianchenko is off the table for Canelo, maybe they just make a move and say, ha we were doing Lemieux all along. Here it is. I don't know. <laughs> Which would be really funny. I, I I really hope that they do do something like that. Like, if they pick Lemieux, that would make me so happy. Oh, I love it. Um, I like when Canelo gets a chance to beat the living piss out of a person. I, see, I don't think that'll happen. I think Canelo <laughs> I will not. do another con. He's just going to be like, oh, this guy's super wide with his punches, and he's not even that fast. Let me just time one of these right hands. He's going to hit yeah, him to the, the body a few times. Yeah, but that's why I like to see. When I say beating the piss, I don't care if it's a one-punch knockout or it's a 12-round beating, you know. I like seeing Canelo just do whatever he does. Like the Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. fight was great. I loved it because you know because you know he's not going to stop fucking Junior. You know that dude can fucking take a hit. No, I mean Chavez Jr. Like that that was a frustrating fight because like I felt like Canelo could couldn't do what he wanted to do in that fight. Really, like you're just like I would like to stop this guy, but. Uh, I'm gonna wind up breaking my hands on this guy's face. <laughs> yeah, he's, he is because yeah, that's it. Chavez, like you know, look at Dan Jacobs had to break his nose with a headbutt just to get him out of there. So and yeah, and then Chavez, like I think Canelo was just like, I'm not gonna hurt my hands beating yeah. the hell out of this guy. Like, <laughs> and but also Chavez Jr. was antagonizing him, and I don't think Canelo is at the point in his career anymore where he's gonna fall for somebody talking trash to him in the ring. Yeah, I think I think Floyd <laughs> drained him out of that. Don't fall for the shit talk. So, so yeah, thanks a lot for listening. Uh, we'll be back. Things should be heating up, though, in boxing. I, I think we're going to start getting news, even with California going back into shutdown, I think. They got Connecticut. You know, they got Nevada if they need it. Hey, man. I think uh, we're going to start getting some talk. So the, the, the dead zone is going to be over. Uh, that is not a good phrase to use, but okay. Everyone's going to die sometime, Red. Uh, I think, uh, who called, who called it dead zone? I can't remember. Somebody called it dead zone as a, you know, as a way to make fun of. Oh, dead zone? Yeah, they called it the dead zone. (laughs) I can't remember. I can't remember either. Somebody said that. It wasn't nice. Anyway, thanks for listening. (laughs)